everything that I didn't know what I know now was a lesson. Mm. It wasn't a loss. Yeah. Those lessons kept me to put that loss in the back seat of the lesson. I didn't feel like it was a loss. I wasn't in denial that this says an L on my record, but guess what? If you see what I've done after that in the ring and broke records, I wouldn't surpass even with that L. It was a lesson. If you take any loss as a lesson, you don't look at it as you got fired. You, even if you was wrong, it's still a lesson to you not to be wrong again. Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way, anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm making friends with Bernard Hopkins. Bernard is an American former professional boxer who competed from 1988 to 2016. He's one of the most successful boxers of the past three decades, having held multiple world championships in two weight classes, including the undisputed middleweight title from 2001 to 2005 and the lineal light heavyweight title from 2011 to 2012. And probably most notably, he was known as the guy that finally beat Oscar De La Hoya. And what's interesting now is is that he actually works with Oscar at his company, Golden Boy Promotions. And so Bernard and I get to talk about the mind of a champion, what it's like growing up, having nothing, and then having the world at your fingertips, and then transitioning into being in business with somebody who was your toughest and most fierce competitor just years prior. So this is a really fun and interesting conversation with Bernard. It's not a typical interview for me, but it's somebody who I have a lot of respect for as an athlete. And really just as a man and the way that he showed up for his family and the people around him. So please enjoy this conversation with the executioner, Bernard Hopkins. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Today, I am sitting down with Bernard Hopkins. Thank you so much for joining me, man. I appreciate hey, thanks you. for having me, brother. Appreciate you. So world champion boxer, obviously prestigious career now in the entrepreneurial sector, yes. partnered up with Austria La Hoya, Golden Boy Promotions, working on a bunch of stuff. But I want to talk a little bit about what brought you to that point. So let's rewind the clock here. Talk about 11-year-old, 12-year-old Bernard. Take us all the way back. Set the scene. Where'd you grow up? What were your parents doing? You know, stuff like that. Well, my parents was uh, caring after seven siblings. I'm the second of the oldest Jeez. of the seven. But my sister Bernadette had a great left hook. How did she, she was a year older than me. She practiced on you. Yeah, we it was fights in the house. So I don't know how many siblings you had, but you, if to, you had fights, <laughs> yeah, fights. In the house. I just had many fights, but but not alone, right? Boxing is in my family on both sides, mother and father. Okay. They had brothers that fought, which is my uncles. They was local. They was Philadelphia, tri-state, you know, respected middleweight, the weight I started off at, and also light heavyweight. But I took it to a, like a level. No doubt I took it to the Hall of Fame as of June 12th of this year. Congrats. Thank you. 20 defenses, broke records, set records at defending the title for 12 years with a 20 defense yeah. of, of that title and then becoming the oldest today, surpassing George Foreman record at 50, I think he was 47, 
I was a champion at 51, 52, and defending my champion in the late 40s, going back. But a lot of that stuff, a lot of that, that you know, I had a lot of energy in Philadelphia, got in some trouble, did time. I did juvenile time, and I did state time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I oh, this, this documentary is going to be awesome, but I ain't going to give you all of it, but I'm, I'm going to tease <laughs> you. you. going to give me some I, of it. I'm though, just going to yeah. tease you enough. Yeah. But we these, want people watching this to go watch these, that. These are, the, these are the, it'll be completed. About 2024, it's going to be real strategic, but but the right thing and the right contents. And, and it's a lot of work need to be done, as you know. But fighting has always been in our blood in the Hopkins family mm. because of those two parents that had brothers that was locally respected yeah. in a tri-state area. To have it on both sides of the family. So I, I, I didn't miss as far as getting the DNA yeah. of those two, two, two siblings. And to take it to where I took it, it you know, for 20, to say three decades, 28 years, three decades of the sweet science. And like I said, breaking records, setting record, and, and, and always being ready and not getting ready. I fought a lot to not slip up one or twice and say, oh, I'm not, you know, I couldn't get the weight off or I just had a fight two months ago. I went out and went on vacation. Good stuff. And boom, you got to fight. When you got yeah. those titles, you got to defend those titles. You have mandatories. Every organization wants your blood yeah. to be able to represent their title at the right and appropriate time. So it took a lot of discipline. I missed a lot of weddings. I missed a lot. I missed a lot of being at the emergency room when the baby's ready to deliver. I missed a lot of great things that you can't get back. But I, I listen. I secure their life. I'll say that. Oldest daughter is, you know, graduated from Pace University. I'm going to get a master's. She's going to stay another year. Um, and I look at all these things that I accomplished through boxing after coming out of the juvenile institution and the state prison institution yeah. for fighting, strong on robbery. My skills has always been respected, but to get the second or third chance of life by changing my act and my behavior, mm. this is what you have sitting here having this interview. And it took time. It wasn't overnight. When you were younger, did you think that it was possible for you to turn it into a profession always. or just a fighter? Always. You always thought, always. I'm going to be a professional boxer. Always. Always. I always kept old boxing magazines, all boxing pictures. Marvin Hagler was my hero. Ali was my, like, a god to me. We, we talked trash in the city of Philadelphia, you you talk trash and you, you dance, you did the alley shuffle. Joe Frazier, as you know, if you don't, you know now, was from Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia's a fighting city. Yeah. I mean, y'all know about that here. And you know, whether it's a football team, basketball team, you, you're going to get a rumble out of Philly. That's how we are. We boo Santa Claus. Right. I mean, come on. Who boo Santa said? We love, like, right, come on, man. But once I understood as time went on, and I was always told by older people that's still in my life today, old referee, old teachers, old, like when I say old, until my sixth, seventh grade, coming to my Hall of Fame crying, mm. they kept in my life, even when I was, you know, running around in the streets. So I, I had a hard look at myself. Yeah. What pulled you back into the mindsets you have now? Because obviously, like, that was a that was a period of time. If you went it's to bad juvie and then you came out and then you went back after being, after turning 18 and stuff, that was a, a period of time that lasted for right. a few years. What eventually made you just go, I can't do that stuff anymore. I got to focus. What made me put that switch, yeah. click in and say I'm done, 
It wasn't what was going on in jail. I know that sounds kind of crazy because I knew half of the people that was in there, yeah. either from neighborhoods or being in jail at one time in the juveniles right. and you see each other. But it was more of what? It was more of my brother got killed. Michael Derrick Hopkins, a year under me. I told you, my mother had three kids. Every year, we a year apart. The first three is a year apart. Mm-hmm. Bernadette, Bernard, which is me, and Michael. My brother Michael, who would be 56 right now. And Bernadette is 58 and I'm 57. He had got uh, shot. He got shot. And I was still in the penitentiary when that happened. Uh, And I was called to administrative building of the, they call them your social worker, your counselor, somebody you talk to if you got a problem, if you're thinking about this, thinking about that, something bad to yourself or whatever, you have to get a slip. They go, well, I didn't put a slip in. They called me up to ask me, do I know a certain individual? Ah, I'm waiting for this guy to come up there. I'm already what we call dug in. Means I've been there for maybe a year and a half off my five-year sentence. I'm still calling home to find out what's going on. My brother's deceased. He has to come here. And he did. But he came there and said, as they asked you, do you have any enemies or anyone here that might want to do something? They asked every inmate that comes from the county to the state because they got to protect you in spite of you being an inmate, mm-hmm. I was wild 41, 45. I knew that n- number better than I knew my social. So they come and social worker asked me, I said, no, I don't know. Well, do you brother? Yeah, but I don't. So I denied it. I knew they was coming. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that quick. That night, they call it crack the biscuit, the cell. They was coming in there. Right, flashlight, come on. Oh, whoa, whoa. No, we packed your stuff. 90% of my stuff didn't get there. Half of my stuff got there. When the guards packed your stuff, you're not there. And they got you in a van taking you two half an hour, two and a half hours up to Dallas, PA, which is literally almost, I said two and a half, close to three hours. It's right outside. It's right on the hills on the line of Binghamton, New York. But you're still on Pennsylvania's side. As you know, Pennsylvania's big. Philly is in Pennsylvania, right? It's state. That saved me as much as I wanted to stay down there. Just imagine for revenge, for whatever. It's your brother. Right. If I wouldn't have got out of there, how would I be here? How would I have got 20 defenses? How would I have become the oldest champion in boxing to today? Yeah. Hold that record. How would I have been Golden Boy, not only a partner, but part owner of a company that's two decades and some days or months old. It's a lot of ifs if we say if that, and that's was part of my entry. We should just call it if, <laughs> because there are so many things that I collected, yeah. that I kept, that I have. For 80% of my career, I had a guy just come to my camp and that's all he did was video everything. And after a while, anybody would know that you'll forget he's even there. He got some good stuff because eventually, like I said, you in your moment, you're in your moment, you're training, you're having fights there, you're having real fights there because the spawn partner didn't do what he's supposed to do. And there's some feelings in the ring, get out. And man, there's some, you've been to gyms, there'd be breakouts that happens. You've been to Freddie Roach gym, go to Freddie Roach gym up in, I believe it's Hollywood, the famous Freddie Roach. I just knew I was gonna be here. I said it boldly. 
I have content. I have articles of interviews. I have tapes. I have so much stuff that we can look and go through it and then ask me questions later. That's gold to a person that understands that you knew you was going to be where you at. And not only did you knew, you showing us, and now we're going to ask you nothing. But do you ask a guy like that? If a guy tells you that he's going to win eight NBA championships and he's 13 years old, I mean, you like his spirit because you're not a spirit killer. It's a show me after, at that point, yeah. And then if you're around long enough and that happens, you, you just lay looking like these are the things that I live by and I stand by to the day. I wasn't going to be wild 41, 45 for the rest of my life. And before we get to the next thing, this is so important to tell you how so challenging and difficult to admit for most of us. I gave him nine years of parole on the street without a violation. And I lost my first professional fight, which is a four-round fight in Atlantic City, which is our Vegas. Yeah. You telling me by statistics I shouldn't have been back. I don't give a damn if you live in West, uh, the West Coast, East Coast, the Midwest, the Dirty South. I'm telling you right now, to walk off those nine years and get that certificate that's in my office in the frame put together by that woman over there, my fiance Joy, who put that together and said, you got all this stuff you collect in boxes and crates. Let's start taking this stuff out. This stuff is gold. That slip from the Pennsylvania and the badge on top of it telling me that my time on parole has expired and they typed in the date and they wish me well in the future. And that, along with a lot of other good things that happened in between those years, is in my office in Delaware on that wall where I can say that little paper, that paper that's little to somebody with those eight lines on there. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly why we do the show, man. It's like for every story like yours, there's a hundred other ones that ended the opposite way that yours did, right? Where somebody had a circumstance that they let get the better of them. You came out on the other side of that. You went through a lot of stuff in your childhood. You went through a lot of stuff in your young adulthood. You lost your brother. And then you came out of that saying, I'm done with all of that. I want to move in this direction. Do you attribute that to anything? Do you look at anything, anything that happened in your life, like besides obviously everything that happened with your brother? Was it something that was just like- a- My mother, my mom was a, a, a hard worker. She was a saint. She always threatened not to come to the prison because I stayed locked up all the time. Mm. And she used to try to do everything and everything and say everything and everything. So I believe it and don't get in trouble. Yeah. And she was always there. Have she not come in a week or two? Yeah, but have she never came? No, she always been there. And I got a chance to experience her being on a plane, a private jet or, or a commercial in first class for the first time. She never done this stuff. You no, know, both of my parents passed away at the age that I am now, oh, roundabout. Wow. My mother didn't see 60. My father didn't see 60. Now, see, this is really profound. For a guy that I'm talking to, I'm being you for a second, that seems to be in good shape, that works out, be 58 in a few months, well, 
more than a few, January 15th. Still get my run in front of my five, sometimes three miles. Each still the same like I'm fighting. That's what they say. But my parents ain't live until six. They lived before they even hit 60. They died before they even hit 60. My mother passed away at 58. My dad passed away at 59. Liver disease. He was a heroin addict. But he had never displayed that in front of us unless we looked for it. And I used to look for stuff that I know they used to hide because I just see him go in this room. And I used to go in there and take this to my mom and show her. And next thing I know, they having a big fight and argue. And I stopped doing it because I realized I was the problem. After about two or three times, you realizing that, oh, okay. So now you start not, you don't, you, you don't do that anymore because yeah. you don't want the fight. So I learned that early on. And then I, then I started saying to myself, um, as you asked earlier, I said, I can look you right in your face and tell you I knew I was going to be here. I gave myself no chance. I did another interview before I came here. And everybody was in that room that's next door. You're going to mingle with those people for the next two days. I said it wasn't a loss. It was a lesson. Everything that I didn't know, what I know now, was a lesson. Mm. It wasn't a loss. It's not a loss, it's a lesson. So those lessons kept me to put that loss in the backseat of the lesson. I didn't feel like it was a loss. I wasn't in denial that this says an L on my record. But guess what? If you see what I've done after that in the ring and broke records, I wouldn't surpass even with that L. It was a lesson. If you take any loss as a lesson, you don't look at it as you got fired. You, even if you was wrong, it's still a lesson to you not to be wrong again. Mm. It's the same thing I looked at. It's the same thing that I took. It's not a loss. It's a lesson. Oh, it's a no. Okay, you want to keep thinking it's a loss? Go ahead. You do what makes you feel good. You keep thinking it's a loss. I'm looking at it as a lesson. That don't mean the loss is going anywhere. But how do you deal with that now? How do you survive that it happened? Because you can't do nothing about it. That it happened. It happened. It's past tense. Now let's look at the future. Let's look at now first. So before we look at the future, you gotta look at now. You can't wait go to sleep, and then the future is here. The future starts now. Time is now. Now the future looks bright when you start today. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, 
that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Got to be some deep roots of commitment on your end. Life or death. I look, look at the confidence that you came into that with to go from th- this kid in Philly who, by all intents and purposes, was not supposed to end up where you are now. Not supposed to be dead at 18. That's what, yeah, right, right. right. So, like, th- to get from that to where you are through all of the, the trials, the obstacles, including the actual losses on your record, and then flip that into the career that you've been able to have being in the Hall of Fame and all the wins and, and title defenses and everything else that you've done, I feel like that has to be just like this level, this next level of commitment. Because every, most people, like they go into something and they, there's always an if. Like, One well, word. If it doesn't go well, then I'll go do this other thing. One you know? word. If it doesn't go well, they jump on another bandwagon. They had that bandwagon waiting. So yeah. that was their security. That was that. That escape. If. Yeah. Right, right. They will always fail. Yeah. And that's not saying never have a plan B. Yeah. One word, different. This guy that sat here and talked for one word to answer your question, different. When you walk around with something different on your shirt and you say different and you are that based on them asking you what made you, there's too many events that happen in your life where you should have missed the if factor. Yeah. Different. I love that answer, man. Michael Jordan, different. Yeah. Tiger Woods, different. Serena Williams, different. Every single one of them. The oldest quarterback. <laughs> I don't want to rub it into you. Brady, <laughs> different. You got to be different every time doing what you do. He has to be different. And what he do, if that's what he do, he got to be different. What's different about what he do than what John or Earl or Benny do? Let him show you. And his work, his achievements after the work, and where he's at, at the moment, will separate him from the good, Mm. from the great. Do you want to be good or do you want to be great? Can I tell you something? It's not a secret, but I'm talking like it is, right? It feels great to be great. (laughs) It feels great to be called great. Good is second in this generation. Okay. It's the barrier to entry. There's a lot of good out there. There's a lot of good players. They lining up. Good can even come in third. You did a good job. Right. No, you didn't. You did a third great job that's being brutally honest depending on who you're talking to 
But this has to be a mentality of a person like myself, different. What makes him different? Well, what makes him different than the other fighter? Okay. Let's see it. Let's, this ain't me saying it. Look at the... Then you get to a certain point, you got to... Yeah. <laughs> every every time you see my acting just now, yeah. I'm, I'm, Fantastic. I'm getting yeah. ready in LA. Yeah. What up? Yeah. <laughs> the spirit. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's I love that answer because one one of the best kind of phrases that that I heard when I was starting in, in business and stuff was, "If you want to live a life that nobody else can live, then you have to do the things that nobody else will do." I agree, and that's essentially what you're saying, right? Is like if you want to be at the top. Not just the top one percent, but you're like you're, like your career is the top one percent of the top one percent. Like you're the top point one percent. I kept chasing it different. Happens. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's my point. Is like you were you already worked yourself into being world class level, and then you took it another step further than that because you continued to to yes. work different than yes, else. yes. Yeah. And and then I had you know there was legit people like like top reporters like Bernard. Um, we know how you are with your business. We know. But they means my money. Yeah. They know I, I'd rather go. I got to go to the bathroom when the bill come. Like I'm one of those dudes. I mean, I change a little bit. I don't have to use. The, I don't have to go to the bathroom all the time. The bill come. You know, all yeah, of a sudden yeah, I got to yeah. go run to the restroom. They caught on to me. And now that they see this, the ones that didn't, they know now. Yeah, yeah. But but <laughs> I wanted always to be in competition with me in history. Because I know yeah. I always wanted to be in competition with my, me and history, myself and history. I love that. That's I awesome. always want to be in competition with myself and history because I know one thing for sure. We all going to leave this earth one day. So there's a time and an expiration date and a limited time you can do certain things in life. And one of them, bam, things are sports, <laughs> and especially boxing. And the great gods of the gods gave me 30 years of boxing, not 10, 15, which is normally the case. That's to, a good career. But to get 28 years and to be up here to understand that we're doing an interview and I'm in L.A. and not Chicago, this is, this is to me, is different. Just totally different. This interview is different. Different. And everything you do is that way, which is why we're sitting here again today. Because it's not just about this one area. It's not just about this one activity of boxing. 20 boxing, but now if you look at me that way, you're cheating yourself. This right. interview we get cheating. It's who you are. It's not just boxing. It's who I became. That's who I became. Yes, it's who I'm. Who, who am I now? Yeah. Yes, who it's who became. I'm on. But it's who, what I became. I became that now. When because words are important. That little twist I just put on what you just said. I just added on a little, what I became, what I became. Let's go through the story. That means it's achievable. Yes. That means that it was some climbing. It was some turbulence. You know, you're on the plane, you hold the plane, you're going through the clouds. It means somebody else can do it if they're willing to. And I'm going to say without even knowing your story, because we all got one and I respect yours without even knowing it. If you tell me, I will listen because out of respect, you do have one too. And everybody in this building had one, even the ones in the rooms, I don't even know. Yeah. Now that we got that story, and the story really don't end because life is still going. How did you take those 
positive lessons that you overcame and you're still here to be able to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in between, you better watch out what I'm going to do for the second half of my life. I told you about numbers earlier. Numbers are numbers to some, but they are a factor and they are a lesson to me. And that word lesson keep coming in. I know it is. I'm going to keep dropping those jewels and those lessons in because the foundation, the way I think, you see, I always had a plan, even come home from penitentiary. Look at this plan. I plan to be doing something way before I retired at 52. I was already involved with Golden Boy. And also at one time, I was still boxing for almost six years in that Golden Boy early relationship, because it's 20 something years now we've been in existence. I was the promoter and the fighter of the promoter by being part owner and partners with Oscar. I'm still active to 52. Who's doing my fights? Golden Boy. Yeah. That was history that I have to mention because it don't get mentioned, not for a bad reason. It just nobody really dawned on them. Like, wait a minute, B-Hop, you got three brands. You know that, right? I'm like, we were talking about this was like eight years ago. I said, we were talking about by one of my financial attorneys in New York. She got three brands. I could talk about every brand and what fight you fought that stand out to me and all those brands. Everybody know the executioner. You just come on from penitentiary. You got a hood. You put a hood on black. You had the X-Men from Gold's Gym. You're walking down there. You're scaring the hell out of the goddamn opponent. And you're going in. You're not the guy that called the executioner. You're living up to the name, like Ric Flair back then. You made a career out of that. That's a Hall of Famer, one ballot. But you didn't stop at 40 because I started at 25. I turned pro at 25. I beat Tito Trinidad at 35. I was a 15-1 underdog, 9-11. I was in 9-11. I was down 9-11. I was in that history of 9-11. My guys was there in 9-11. I was at Long Manhattan in St. Regis. That's part of my history, too. Fight got canceled from the 15th to the 29th. The biggest event that went on in New York City in 01 was what? Bernard Hopkins. 23,000 people at the Madison Square Garden. Look it up. Wow. See, this is history. I've been too much part of history where you can't even be a hater and say it was right time at the right place. Yeah. Well, how old were you when you beat Oscar? 42. How old was he? Oscar got to be about that time, mid-30s. Wow. This was Oscar in his... It, fast. I'll tell you what, it took me 10 rounds to catch him. <laughs> no, seriously. The fight's up there. Right? Just don't tell him I told you. But the fight's there. I'm this When I leave, this in this city, hey, please, for me, I'll sleep good at night if you do that. Because you'll tell me tomorrow, I seen it, it was the living shot. But he probably already know. Look, Oscar's the golden boy. I'm a renegade. I don't have no manager. I self-manage myself. That's in the books. Bernard Hopkins and George Foreman is the only boxers that be self-managed in 100 years of boxing. I actually looked at it. I gave y'all so many nuggets to look up. But, but it's there. I'm going against Oscar De La Hoya. I fought all the promoters in boxing. I caught everybody corrupt. I kept winning. I kept winning. I, my fight is, I've been a fighter all my life. Seems, right? 
if I don't knock Oscar out, even through the press conference, I was banging, I was trying to intimidate him. I said, if I don't, we talk about it now, like, yes, he's, he's doing his documentary. Matter of fact, it's done. This ain't been, it ain't on HBO yet. I said, he's the golden boy. I'm the urban boy. I had to tell myself that. I had to make it a culture war. He's the gold medal winner. He's Oscar De La Hoya. Bernard Hopkins is the ex-con. Don't get along with the promoters. Proved to be right later, but I had to go through a whole bunch of stuff that could have killed me here. Now, I'm being showered with a lot of love and a lot of Hall of Fames. One in Canada, New York, one in Vegas. You know, after the big one, then everybody else started doing them. And I pick and choose which one I want to go to. These are the testimonies that I share, not just with you in this interview, but I share every time I go. And I know I get a little long-winded and a little, pay, a little, a little passionate, but it's, 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 listen, it's not memorized. It's life. It's no. like you have one. You sit down with somebody who's passionate about what they do. It, can, you can always, it, it yeah. always rubs off on you, man. Yeah. So, dude, this has been awesome. This has been a lot of fun. Congrats to you on all the success. Congrats on, you know, documentaries, the Hall of Fame. I mean, partnering with a, a former opponent even, like with yeah. Oscar and, yeah. and Squash. Yeah. And can you imagine if together, we had a like, disagreement? So like, you can imagine the advantage <laughs> I have? Do you manage the advantage? Can you imagine? Like, it, Someone, it, that'd yeah. be an awkward situation. Like, you might not want to be there or you might want to be there. It'd <laughs> yeah. be like that. Wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. They look like they disagreeing with each other. We just disagreeing, <laughs> y'all. I just, just slowly like, back exactly, out of the room. Exactly. Yeah. Leave my camera there. Exactly. But we've been, <laughs> listen, we like, 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 yo, man, like, if I need my shirt pulled, like, yo, we got to get to that. Let's motivate these fighters. Let's be an example. Keep, before we wrap it up, an example we are. They know us. They got credibility to us. They understand us more than they understand. Not saying that the people that didn't box is not good people. Some are, some not. I'll leave it like that. Be fair, right? But one thing about us, two Hall of Famers, definitely two Hall of Famers, and put our work out there and did our own business and box at the same time and while we were still active. Yeah. Why would they not? listen to us why would they not be led by us so we have to be conscious about what we say the, to them how we treat them so we won't be like the ones we despise is there, is that's the line that you have to walk and not talk yeah is there anybody that's right now that you think not you in your prime, like you right now. If you were like, I, I could still, like, I could fight that guy. I could fight that guy. I would want to fight that guy. If there's anybody that's, like, active right now that you're... Out of all the asses, nobody. I can't find one name. <laughs> not, not one name. No. Totally. <laughs> what about the Paul brothers? The who brothers? <laughs> Jake Paul, Logan Paul. What do you think about them and what they're doing with they'd boxing? They'd be in Miami. They'd be in Florida a lot. You know, they'd be in Florida a lot. Yeah. It's not boxing, man. It's yeah. entertainment. It's, it's fun. It's a, it's a market out there, and guess what? Let them have fun. But don't mix it up with boxing. Yeah, it's don't put boxing. them in the ring with you. Boxing is a sport that needs to be respected, and when you start doing things that mimic boxing and try to give it credibility like boxing, that's when I, I always say that I think that is a fine line and is a real dangerous to cross that because that's entertainment, 
this is boxing. There's a difference between entertainment. Now, you can get entertained in boxing, yeah. right? But entertainment, see, the mint changes. Sure. So when you talk about Jay Paul and you're talking about things like, I'm not saying they're not athletes. Yeah, yeah. I believe wrestlers are athletes because they can jump off the rope and they're wearing 335 and 435 and they don't break their neck. Yeah. That's an athlete. I look at a lot of things as being athletically capable of doing it. But to say somebody's an athlete, you got to prove to me who boxed for 28 years, who won and broke and set records. You can't convince me, and I'm no hater, that Jay Paul is a bona fide, certified professional fighter, and two, he beat mo at least three, three to four people that had some legit legitimacy to him. Like, you got to go do something. Like, if you're going to go ahead, don't. Like, you got to go ahead and fight somebody that we know. First of all, you got to get rated. So before you get rated in boxing on a top 10, you got to fight somebody in the top 10. But I'm not going to hate on nobody's hustle. Do your thing. Sure. Yeah. Have fun. People been down for COVID for two and a half years. They will, they will watch two turtles race and be happy. <laughs> so so my thing is, I don't be a hater. Everybody bust out laughing. They were they, they crazy. I said, yeah, people want to They want content from anywhere yeah that COVID then changed the world of how they think they will watch they will pay money to watch two turtles yeah. race <laughs> and and knowing that's going to take a week right <laughs> but they would do that because they're trying to find something to fill that void and 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 but i ain't gonna go for it though because i respect the game too much dude this has been a lot of fun but thank you so it much for good. coming on the show dude this is awesome that's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show 